0: Bruno Haltman and the crime of the century. Part 1. Who was Bruno Haltman? Bruno Haltman was born in Caymans, Germany and was the youngest of five children. At 11 years of age, he joined the Boy Scouts and quit attending school at the age of 14 so he could attend trading school, where he studied carpentry and machine building. In 1917, Haltman's father died, and in that same year, his brother Herman was killed in France during World War I. Soon after, Haltman learned that his brother Max was dead as well, while fighting in Russia. After his two brothers died in the war, he was told to fight in the German artillery. Part 2. War Background and Post-War. Haltman was sent to Boston, but was transferred to the 103rd Infantry Replacement Regiment upon his gun company, Haltman claimed that he was assigned to Western France with the 177th Regiment of Machine Gunners in either August or September 1918. He fought in the Battle of Saint Mihiel as well. Haltman stated that he was gassed in September or October 1918. He was also stated that his position was being shelled and he was hit in the helmet with a piece of metal and was left for dead. When he gained consciousness he crawled to safety and on that same evening he was back controlling the machine guns. After the war Haltman committed a series of burglaries one of which being with a friend who wielded Haltman's army pistol to scare two women pushing baby carriages to transport food. Hauptmann was also charged with burglarizing a mayor's house, and after three years in prison, he was released. However, three months later, he was arrested on suspicion of further burglaries. Hauptmann attempted to illegally enter the U.S. twice before eventually making it. He landed in New York September 1823 and was taken in by a member of the established German community where he worked as a carpenter. Part 4. The Crime The child's disappearance was discovered and reported to his parents, who were then at home at approximately 10 o'clock p.m., by the child's nurse, Betty Gow. A search of the premises was immediately made, and a ransom note demanding $50,000 was found on the nursery windowsill. After the Hopewell police were notified, the report was telephoned to the New Jersey State Police, who assumed charge of the investigation. A second ransom note was received by Colonel Lindbergh on March 6, 1932, that increased the demand to $70,000. The third ransom note was received by Colonel Lindbergh's attorney on March 8, informing that an intermediary appointed by the Lindberghs would not be accepted, and requesting a note in the newspaper. On the same day, Dr. John F. Condon, a retired school principal, published in the Bronx Home News a request to act as a go-between and to add an extra $1,000 to the ransom. In this interview with Dr. Condon, he was asked why he felt the need to act as the go-between in this case. Here's his response. As a former teacher, I felt as if I could help bring comfort to Mr. Lindbergh due to my experience with kids. Also, I naturally felt drawn to the case because I would hate to see any past student of mine in the same position as Mr. Lindbergh's child. The following day, the fourth ransom note was received by Dr. Condon, which indicated he would be acceptable as a go-between and was later approved by Colonel Lindbergh. On March 10, 1932, Dr. Condon received $70,000 in cash as ransom and immediately started negotiations for payment via newspaper columns under the codename Jaffsey. On March 12th, Condon received a fifth ransom note, which stated that another note would be found beneath a stone at a vacant stand 100 feet from an outlying subway station. Condon found the note, which demanded a meeting between Condon and an unidentified man named John, to discuss the payment of the ransom money. The eighth ransom note was received by Condon on March 21st, insisting on complete compliance and advising that the kidnapping had been planned for a year. On March 30th, the ninth ransom note was received by Condon, which threatened to increase the demand to $100,000 and refusing a code for use in newspaper columns. The tenth ransom note received by Dr. Condon on April 1st, 1932, instructed him to have the money ready the following night. The eleventh note was delivered to Condon on April 2nd by an unidentified taxi driver. This note led to the discovery of the twelfth note, which was also found by Dr. Condon, under a stone in front of a greenhouse at three two two five. East Tremont Avenue in Bronx, New York. Condon then met with John to reduce the ransom to $50,000, which was accepted, and in return, the 13th note, which contained directions to find Charles Lindbergh, Jr., on a boat named Nellie near Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, was given to him. On May 12, 1932, the body of the kidnapped baby was not found on the boat, however it was accidentally found partly buried and badly decomposed about four and a half miles southeast of the Limburg residence, 45 feet from the highway near Mount Rose, New Jersey, in Mercer County. The coroner's examination showed that the child had been dead for about two months and that the death was caused by a blow to the head. Part 5. Catching Lindbergh's Killer Haltman was caught with strong evidence to support the accusation. The evidence included matching handwriting between the ransom notes and other writings by Haltman, the ladder that was built to climb through the window, sketches of John, and many deposits of the ransom money that was deposited via gold certificates. The FBI was able to match Haltman's handwriting to the ransom notes with personal characteristics and writing habits, which resulted in a positive identification by the handwriting experts of the FBI laboratory. Condon was also able to give a description of so-called John that was accurately drawn and resembled Haltman. Also, the wood that was used in the building of Haltman's attic was the same wood used to make the ladder that Haltman climbed to get to the window. The ransom money used in gold certificates, however, led to a dead end until Haltman started depositing the certificates months later to try to avoid any suspicion of the bankers. Haltman was identified due to the use of a $10 gold certificate that was discovered by one of the tellers at the Corn Exchange Bank and Trust Company. The bill had been received at the bank from a gasoline station located in New York City. A filling station attendant was suspicious and recorded the license plate number of the car driven by the purchaser. This number led law enforcement right to Hauptman's doorstep at 1279 East 222nd Street, Bronx, New York. Hauptman was taken into custody and a $20 gold ransom certificate was found on him at the time. His profile also fit the description that was given to authorities by Dr. Condon. After conducting a search of Haltman's residence, $13,000 were found stashed in his garage. It was also discovered that Haltman owned a Dodge sedan, which matched the description of the same car that was found in the vicinity of the Lindbergh House only one day prior to the kidnapping. Part 6. Haltman's Final Moments Haltman was indicted in the Supreme Court, Brox County, New York, on extortion charges on September 26, 1934, and in October 8, 1934, in Hunterdon County, New Jersey, he was indicted for murder. Haltman was placed in the Hunterdon County Jail in Flemington, New Jersey, to await his trial. On January 3, 1935, Haltman's trial officially began. The tool marks on the ladder matched tools that were earned by Haltman as well. His handwriting was also held against him as it matched that of the ransom notes. Haltman was sentenced to death by electricity and his execution was carried out despite efforts from Hauptmann to discontinue the execution and he died on April 3, 1936 at 8:47 p.m.